You are listening to B-Roll, a podcast that focuses on all things visuals. My name is Cyril Zuma and I'm a photographer and founder at Ice Dog Africa. I'll be sitting down with creatives to talk about their work, processes and what it takes to be at the top of your game. Welcome to B-Roll. My name is Cyril Zuma. My guest today is a fine art photographer. A creative director, a husband, yeah. a model. <laughs> um, just speaking about that, um, you know, when you drive through Bramfontein, your face is all over there. <laughs> well, without saying further, yeah. I will allow my guest to introduce himself. Please, can you tell us who are you? Um, hi, I am John Baloi. I am, as you said, all those things um, put together. Um, but just generally just someone who's an artist enthusiast um, just really interested in everything that's just art or whatever um, yeah and I try to do as much as I can in in the space that I'm in so yeah that's w- who I am would you would you call yourself a creative for sure I think um, just being a creative is more than just um, claiming the title it's a lifestyle I think um, so and I try to live like a creative. Um, so being a creative is, for me is, is about just trying to solve problems in a creative way. Um, so in any aspect of your life, I think. So yeah, I am creative. <laughs> I'm a creative for sure. T- t- tell me about your upbringing because you know you, you, you mentioned earlier on yeah. just some of the parts of South Africa you've lived in. Yeah, yeah. Um, how was your upbringing and have you always been fascinated by the visual arts um so upbringing um i'm, I'm originally from mozambique okay. so my parents came here i think when i was two or three uh, we first were in uh, soweto in pimville that's where we lived then we moved from there um to the val uh, and i grew up there i think i did it uh, i grew up until grade four grade three probably so I went to school there as well so I went to like a, a, a Zulu school um, so I got very much acclimatized to like the culture okay. and the people where I'm from so I adjusted very quickly it wasn't you know like a, a culture shock or anything like that it was only a culture shock when I moved um, to Kempton Park because yeah. now it's a different school like they, they speak English over there now there's Afrikaans you know and that's like a difficult situation but we got through it so so yeah um it's when like, I, I always felt like as a child i i was very much interested in like drawing like i would always draw like dragon ball z characters <laughs> it wasn't that cool like it wasn't <laughs> back then well, yeah yeah i mean um and i think via school there were certain things that were um, that made sense to me and things that didn't really make sense to me. So, like, my other subjects, like your your math and um, science, and even though I was interested in, like, in science and stuff, it never really stuck to me, you know? Um, so I kind of knew early on in high school that uh, I'm probably going to be doing something creative, but I didn't know what. I didn't know what exactly. Um, so my fascination with it started, like, very early, like, in primary school. I, I started drawing, drawing more. I loved, like, visual arts and we had that subject. And I took it on, like, in high school as well. Um, so, so, yeah, it's when I decided to... Uh, when, well, when I left school is, is when I decided to, like, maybe try to pursue it. 
So my first job was like a graphic designer. That's what I did for like a year. Um, also didn't work out because those guys weren't paying me. So, <laughs> so you gotta so pay to, up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm coming there every day and I'm giving you work. So like, you know, yeah. the least you could do is just even give me like bedroll money or something. Yeah, to, to get mean? back and forth. Yeah, and and they weren't really you know looking out for me like that. So so I had to leave. And the other job I got, which was a hectic one, is is me being an auto electrician um, at a mining company, which was 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 hectic. Um, it was quite hectic because uh, it was something I was... Now, I told you that I wasn't really much into the, the science and the math and everything. Yeah, and yeah. that job was literally that. It was literally you, you know, knowing your, your electrical component, components and all that stuff. And, like, it, it, was in, it was intense. And it required me to, like, get back to the stuff that I said I didn't want to do. I didn't want to do. But I did it for, like, five years. You know? Wow. So, Yeah. Uh, it was also pretty intense uh, and then I decided to leave when I met up with um, this guy called Motua um, so during that time already um, I had already been um, sort of involved in photography um, but through Instagram so when I had that graphic designer job I had a guy um, that I worked with there. his name was Nico um, so we worked together and because I was always that guy who was like you know, trying to be stylish in the office, you know, and stuff like that. Um, he was always just like, hey, dude, you should check out Instagram, you know? I think there's, like, your communities there, like, your people are there. What year is this? That was in 2018. No, wait, 20... 2012. 2012. Was in 2012, yeah. Is this when you got into photography? Yeah, yeah, in theory. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, because in 2011, that was, like, my matric year. 2012 is when, yeah, I, I started working, so... So yeah, I discovered Instagram around that time. That's when I was discovering the, the, you know, the people that were popping at the time. So I knew that was what I wanted to do. When I saw it, I was just like, this, there's something interesting about this. There's something interesting about how these people express themselves and I want to be part of it. So I bought a camera while I was working and I would shoot like on weekends. Um, yeah. Did you get paid for that? Not when you all. started out not at all like i wasn't getting <laughs> i think getting paid <laughs> if i was getting paid it was like the odd 500 bucks like if you're lucky yeah and um, but that's just like for shooting like a wedding or something yeah it was that hectic um so i mean you are best known for your portrait and street star photography to to your yeah. audience the people yeah, that yeah, know yeah. you yeah what inspired you to start photography um, and why the two styles, uh, portrait and street style photography? Yeah. Um, so the inspiration just came from the, 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 the yearning to, to, to know a bit more about that space. Okay. So I started involving myself with like people who were doing it. You know, like I said, um, when, I, when I decided to quit my job, I had met up with this uh, photographer named Mudua uh, Mateka. He's from Kenya. Um, I think his handle is True Slinger. Oh, um, yes, oh, yes. I yeah. definitely know him. Okay. Yeah, okay. very, very dope uh, yeah. photographer. And he was in the country and had just moved to town at the time. So he said, nah, let's meet up. And I met up with him. And they were doing this cool project where they were going around the, the continent um, in a Jeep. Uh, well, not in a Jeep, in a Land Rover. And they were um, telling stories about wherever they were, you know, and they were documenting that like via photos and video and stuff. For me, that was something that was so fascinating that these guys left their homes and they were on the road for the sake of just making photos. Yeah. You know? 
so that really struck a chord in me and I was just like, nah, man, I need to do this. I need to do this. Mind you, at the time, I'm like, I've got this great job. Like, I've <laughs> got this great job that's paying for all my bills, you know? And, uh, I, and I have a girlfriend at the time. Um, and it's like a, like a lot of people don't really uh, take that in consideration. That, like, when you have somebody in your life, it kind of affects the decisions that you want to make. For sure. So I'm super, super grateful for, 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 for my wife now that she, she was open enough to, like, you know, uh, let me explore like this whole photography thing because I feel like if she discouraged me and she was just like, nah, how are you going to pay for the, you know, how are you going to pay for bills and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Then course. I probably wouldn't have made the jump. But when I met, I met Mudua on the Sunday, Tuesday, I quit my job. Wow. So, so yeah. And, and this is from the inspiration of, just of the guys me, traveling. Yeah, just from me seeing it for myself. And, like the, affirm- and the affirmation from your girlfriend. Exactly. To yeah. say, look, let's do this. Yeah, you can do this. She was just like, yeah, man, I think you got something. I think you can do something. So Was she in the industry at this time? Yeah, I mean, she had been... Uh, uh, she was part of an agency, so she had been like doing ads. Um, she was been modeling. So she, she had already had a background in the, in the industry. So, yeah. Okay. And so, why the two styles, portrait and street style? Um, so, street was naturally because I got, um, I mean, at, at the time as well, the, the scene uh, that was popping was like the Bram scene. So, you would always see like um, street photography, all, like everywhere. That, I think that was like the biggest, you know, form of photography that was consumed by young people at the time. Yes, yes. So, um, naturally, I just got into that. So, I just started shooting street style here and there. Um, and then portraiture just became a more personal thing because it just connected more. Um, I just felt like when I, I, you know, when I created images with people and it was just me and them, I got to form just bigger relationships than just you know being able to take a photo of a stranger on the street. It was more about now getting to know them as a person and. It translated into the work like once I took that seriously and I took it to heart it started like showing in the work the work was a little bit more it was a bit more rich you know and like I started enjoying how that looked so I was just like nah maybe I should just do port- like I could literally just do portraits for the rest of my life and I'll be fine yeah you know but um, yeah that's what that's pretty much the reason why I started deciding to do portraits more it seems like you've evolved with your style of photography over the years. Mm. You know, uh, you are now, quote unquote, <laughs> fighting for my images to exist in people's homes. Yeah. What is your current style of photography and how, is that, how has that transition been from portraiture to, um, to what you're doing now? And I think, you know, we were speaking about it earlier on. Yeah. I don't know how to describe what, what it, I do, yeah. yeah, I know. Look, it is pictures, you know, yeah. it is visual, but yeah. how would you describe it and how has that transition been from all of that to, to now? Yeah, yeah, um, it's pretty crazy actually. Um, because when I decided to, to you know, to be a photographer and stuff, when I was um, that was back in 2017, um, yeah, so back in 2017, when I like, I think I started in 2017, if I'm not mistaken, um. The, the, for me to sort of exist um, from leaving my job, I had to sort of do what was around me and that what, 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 what seemed to be giving money, you know, at the time. So um, that's when I started assisting for different photographers and I was shooting um, some campaign work here and there. You know, I started collaborating with brands and that was cool. 
um and then i just decided to because i i felt like i had lost myself um in doing that because also you need to understand something about johannesburg is that there's there's, there's so many voices you know and it kept uh, after after a while it can seem like it's all just one voice for because, sure you know because of the way you look yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, the people you're with yeah and the people yeah. you're with so um i started seeing the the, the divisions as well like ah nah there's this, this guy's from there this guy's from there and then for me i just felt like i didn't want my voice to be um to disappear within the crowd you know i, I wanted to stand out and 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 me standing out would mean um to be unique you know to be myself so that transition uh, probably properly happened in 2019 that's when i decided to you know to be a bit more intentional with the work from a fine art perspective um, because that's what I started doing. Like when I started shooting, that was actually the style that I was shooting, you know. Okay. And then it evolved into doing the corporate work, yeah. into doing the advertising, the billboard work, all that stuff, you know, um, the fashion as well. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I decided to be a bit more intensive in 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 the way I do my stuff and in, in, in the way I process my images, you know. And that's where I started falling in love with film, for instance. So yeah. So. As you've just mentioned now, you shoot most of your stuff on film. Yeah. Um, is you know why film in such a digital world? Um, everywhere you look, yeah, is digital. Yeah. Why film? Um, so digital is still kind of very important um, because at the end of the day, my images, you know, are converted into a digital file, so it can be consumed by the public. Um, but for me, it's the process. It's okay. literally about the process. Um, in a world where like it's so easy to just whip out your phone or like your camera or whatever and just take a picture, and it may seem cool to, or to people or whatever, but for me the process was very important. To actually think about every single shot that I was taking was a very important um, a part of the process that I wanted to be like um, in my photography because I wanted to take it more seriously. Um, because I felt like at the time I was just doing it and it came easy. But when when you feel like that, it kind of means that like you're in your comfort zone and you're not really trying out anything new. Yeah. So I wanted, to, I always wanted to challenge myself. Like I never wanna, you know, take out something or put out something that's just gonna be. Oh no, I've seen something like that before. Or now, nah, you know, it's like some guys like you see, and this is no like it's not a shot at anyone, but like it's like some guys you'll see like one image and you've seen all of them. You know, so I, I never wanted to have that. That's why like my style is always changing because I'm 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 getting influences from different places and I'm seeing different things and I'm like implementing them in in my work. But the film side is is the fact that it just comes out different. It really, really just does. And the process is so important for me because it makes me think it makes me more sympathetic of um the subject and it it, it yeah, it's hard to explain. <laughs> Look, fil- fil- film is very different from where you know where I'm coming from. I yeah. think I've never really. I mean, I don't know if I could consider playing with those Kodak cameras as yeah, a kid yeah, yeah. as film. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it is film. Mm. But now I think it has evolved to a different, um, in a different way. You yeah. can't. You cannot just take a shot. Yeah. Everything needs to be carefully planned yeah. for. You almost need yeah. to to think about what you're about to shoot next. For sure. And sure. so I want to ask: Has that 
is it, you know you, you doing the work that you're doing now yeah. is that, is that what led you to be to doing the four exhibitions that you've you've done and the two that you've done internationally pretty much um pretty much um to be honest if i was still shooting the stuff i was shooting um like in 2017 and 2016 or whatever i probably wouldn't have gotten those opportunities that i got you know um which was you know, it, which was super encouraging for me to, to be able to get there because it was a difficult decision to make to transition from the popular work to stuff that like people don't really get that much and don't see how it can be profitable in the space. Because now I was in a space where um, the commercial work was what I was getting booked for, yeah. you know? Um, the corporate and, stuff. Yeah, the corporate stuff or the brand stuff or whatever, the fashion stuff. And... Um, me making that transition kind of alienated me from that world, you know, because now I did stand out. Yeah, of course. You know, uh, which is exactly what I wanted, but, you know, it was like a, a bit of a drawback um, because of me sort of kind of losing the clientele that was attracted to my work. Yeah. Because now it was different. It, it was it was different. So You're talking to a different audience. I was yeah. talking to a different audience, you know. Um, but which which for me isn't really the, the the aim my aim isn't really to talk to a different audience my, my aim is to talk to everybody it's just how you want to consume the work that's up to you but yeah um at the same time i think me shooting the way i shoot right now is what gave me those opportunities and i, I wouldn't have gotten them i feel if i if i stuck to my old ways or whatever so yeah it's been a very rewarding transition if i how did your first exhibition come about because you know we're operating in a space as you said now where all of us are almost doing the same thing yeah um and for somebody who wants to tap into the exhibition space mm. you know um how did your first one come about and can you possibly give us some tips for somebody who wants to cool um yeah I, I won't say i'm an expert at anything i'm also kind of still learning because i'm like I, I was starting to get used to the industry like the normal um, you know industry and then uh, with this whole transition I have to get used to a different industry because the art industry is also completely separate like it's it's its own thing yeah you know it's not like where like all the agencies have like you have you guys in a database and they know who kind of is who yeah. or whatever who they send emails to and who they send like it's not like that you kind of have to have something unique first um and then um, if you're lucky to get a gallery who's going to, you know, push your work, then that, that's cool. Um, so it, it also has to do with a lot of pitching. If okay. you, you know, if you do know some people, it's like any other industry. Yeah, you yeah. got to know somebody, you so, know. So t t tell us how you got yours because okay, that's so, super important for yeah. us, how to get started. I mean, you so, know, somebody could be scared. Yeah. So how I got mine, firstly, I had the work. Okay. Um, so I had the work that was already existing, that was already there, which which obviously had an intent because now when you think about it when you're doing art it, it isn't just about just taking images and then saying oh, okay yeah this is what i you know i want to i want to frame this or whatever <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of intent that goes into it there's a lot of writing that goes into it which is something that i didn't know um but now i'm starting to get into and um so i had the work firstly and then i was just um, whenever I'd, I'd, I'd have opportunities to submit stuff to like online magazines, I would. So that's where I actually got picked up. The submission to magazines. Submissions, yeah, I would just submit. submit and you whatever. found those online? 
yeah um it was actually 10 and 5 one of them was 10 and 5 um i think the other one is public yes, yes yes um the other one is um uh, i'm forgetting it now but um yeah but you know what i mean like as far as like online mags and then yeah um someone was looking i guess someone was looking and then uh this one gallery approached me and said hey we doing an art fair in france and we think your work would be dope so your first exhibition was international yeah yeah crazy enough yeah i haven't yeah well i've exhibited now but i haven't like uh, before that i hadn't exhibited like locally before okay how was that because it's your first one and it's overseas and somebody says we want this work and there's obviously specifications that was that was so affirming man for me that was so affirming because now you must think like the checks are not coming in like they used to and because now i'm doing this work and i'm like doubting it like oh, should i be doing this like people here don't appreciate it wara wara and like you know i was just starting to you know it was starting to like start to like hurt a little bit you know um because it felt like all the work that i'd done before was for nothing like people had discounted everything else that i've done and it's just like now nah. it's just like ah because you want to be an artist isn't it you know so um for me to get that that was so it felt really good because it meant that i was on the right track and like that there, there was space for me to you know exist and your work at a voice yeah for sure yeah i i finally had my own unique voice like you know i wasn't just just a photographer dude or whatever like it, it, it's i think when i got that i finally became john like john maloy like you know as like a person and someone who has like um who has value who adds value you know um to the creative space if i may put it like that so yeah yeah it's it it was really big for me it was really really big and would you suggest somebody else for somebody else to do this for sure um because i I think i I read something online where it was um i think joshua joshua kissy was saying it um about um, how difficult it is for artists or creatives to exist without especially new creatives if you don't have like money or whatever it's t- very difficult for you to like maintain what you do yeah um and and that's just that's it like i think all of us are trying to figure out how we can exist or keep what we're doing going um while it being profitable for us at the same time um so i would say yes go for it but at the same time i would say that you need to have a plan on how you can keep it going um and that you need money like you need money for me to do what i do i i need money like because it costs me money to shoot (laughs) you know i don't just like just shoot and like have it there or whatever like i have to take it to the lab i have to develop it i have to scan it myself so it's a lot of man hours that like that goes into it but it's rewarding i think because um if you look at the the zanilemu holies the you know uh, all those guys like they they have their own unique voice and like and people that come to them come to them for what they do you know and there's nothing more rewarding than that like you don't have to replicate someone else's work you're literally there for yourself and that's there's there's a lot of currency in that like there's a lot of value in that so i I would i would encourage people to do themselves you know um do whatever they feel like doing um instead of just looking at like oh okay so maybe cyril Oh, he does this or he he retouches like this or let me you know it, it's cool to get skills from each other but it's like 
instead of just wearing the same outfit that like Cyril is wearing, like maybe you know throw on a pair of chinos or like maybe flip flops or socks or whatever, you know, to make it unique to yourself. So uh, that's what I do. Like I did that when I was starting out. I I got stuff from like all all the guys I respected like in the industry. Like I assisted all of them, which I'm super proud of. Um, and I got everything from them. Like when I'd watch the, the, the Jeff's shoot, the Justice's shoot, the Andile's shoot, the Anthony's shoot, like I took something from them and I was like, okay, cool. How do I now take all this that I've learned and put it into one thing and like propel myself, like, you know? And yeah, I'm, I'm still learning and still pushing that same narrative. So, yeah. Hi, I'm John Baloy, and you're listening to the B-roll with Cyril Zuma. We're kind of like a minority in the industry, as far as like um, the people that do the great work. You know, you never see like I, I I had a question like a year ago. I was sitting, I was just like, how many black photographers do you know shot for Gucci? Whoa, and this is internationally. It doesn't matter. Like even like even on the continent. And we have some really dope photographers. Oh, yeah. But how many do you know have shot for like Gucci? Zero. You know? And they might have, you know, we might have, but like, how many do we actually know? You know? And that, for me, that was always frustrating because I felt like we were kind of boxed into the type of work we could do. We could only do entertainment. We could only do, you know, the, the, the lifestyle. and But anything else that was beyond that. It never. Yeah, it... it, it it's kind of it's kind of made in a way that like you won't thrive if you try to do those things yeah. or it's very difficult for you to like get money from doing things like that things that are going to be um quote unquote like woke you know in that sense um so yeah that was, was kind of frustrating for me to, to like notice that and that's just the real reality of like the industry yeah. like you and and it's, <laughs> it's a lot, <laughs> i think um there's a lot of drawbacks in like saying that but it's the truth like it's it's really the truth like we like people that look that look like me don't really get to shoot all the cool stuff and i want to shoot the cool stuff too because i feel like i can contribute to that you know um why not look yeah i think you're definitely right on so many levels you know yeah. there, there's a lot of there's a lot or enough qualified black creatives yeah and i think you know with the message with i stock i stock africa when yeah. we started out it was about how can we get black creatives into spaces that normally they wouldn't, wouldn't get into here yeah. yeah. you, you know stock us, photography yeah. is another thing where if you look at the stock image game exactly. there isn't enough black people yeah. yeah and so how do we get into those spaces mm. is is really a question yeah and uh, i mean i guess um we're always going to be trying to figure it out but the best thing is to really own what we do um i felt like that's that's so big um that's why i'm saying like i was saying before that um being unique and being adamant at being yourself is so important because then people are forced to whoever it is is going to be forced to buy into what you do you know it's not just going to be like oh no it's just another black photographer and whatever no it's just that okay that's tabo or that's um you know that's john that's cyril that's whoever and that's we want them for this because they do this and no one we can't find it from anyone else yeah because at the end of the day we also need to realize that we have an essence that isn't easily replicate like you can't replicate what we do and how we see things can't easily be replicated you can get 
a European photographer to go into Soweto and document it his way and you could get a local to document it his way and you'll see the, the, the difference. Yeah, of course, yeah, you know? definitely, so, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to encourage myself to do on like a daily basis, to try to find ways to be myself and to, to really own that, you know, because there's so much, there's so much into it, man. There's so, so much currency there. So you you, you know you, it seems like there's a lot of influences in your life. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. Who sure. influences you, and, and not just on 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 business level, but on a personal level too. Um, influence comes from firstly home, um, because of how I um how I was raised. Um, very tight knit family. Um, my mom and dad like um just been a very privileged that they're still alive and you know they always looking out for me so that environment of love um, kind of filters into what I do so everything that I do I do with love um, and that's why it's it, you know it still exists even though there's like financial dif- uh, 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 difficulties here and there but like it still exists because it's not I'm not doing it for anyone else but for the fact that I love what I do yeah um, so that's firstly the biggest influence and then i look at like a lot of musicians funny enough like that's where i get most of my influence um so the tylers the the solanges the you know the kid cuddies i think your, your dress code can definitely yeah say, <laughs> you are hip and happening i'll tell you that you know so um so yeah i, I look at those guys and like also their creative process man it's, it's insane like how much work goes into making an album for instance and that's what I wanted to apply to my work as well. I didn't want it to just be, hey, um, this shoot outside. And I know, like, ah, if I shoot this girl, she's pretty. It's going to be cool. You know, people are gonna, yeah, people are going to like it. You know, now nah, it's not about that. That's why, like, a lot of people that I shoot, and you'll notice that, like, most of them, you don't really know them. Or it's just, like, someone random or whatever. And it's because, uh, not to say, like, like, you guys are random, but <laughs> um, but it's, 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 it's just me being interested in, something out of the ordinary um so instead of just me going for the most popular even though they like right now with all the stuff that i've done it's, it's easier to like reach out and be like hey you know um but before that it wasn't like that like when i was coming up i couldn't reach out to the the most popping people because of the numbers and all that and all that politics or whatever so um yeah influences come from that like a lot of music a lot of um, being open to meeting new people and interacting with new people and then you get to find out a lot about them and then yeah it's just organic it's just really organic and just do whatever so your influences are drawing from music fashion yeah pretty f- much and, and photography wise too yeah i mean photography wise i'd say um all the well all the all the local guys that are doing really good work yeah um is insp- like it's very inspiring um because it was a time where we didn't see so many voices, so many black voices. Um, and even though some of the work is like repetitive or it's, you know, the quality isn't great, but the fact that like people that look like us are trying to like penetrate that space and forcefully, because now we have social media. Yeah. Um, and with that, we can sort of push any narrative that we want to. And we have that power. It's just what we do with it now that's. The most important thing um and i think that that's what i would like to like put into everybody's mind as, as like creatives or, or people that put out visuals to the world is that 
you have this like whatever platform it is it, it might be just 100 people or 200 people 200,000 people you have for that specific amount of time whether i don't know how many i mean how many seconds people's attention spans are yeah. like on the internet but for that three seconds you have an opportunity to change a hundred hundred people's perspective on anything you know do numbers matter social media numbers matter um from a business perspective yes um from a business perspective i, I think yes because um i think people with money buy into that nowadays because of how it it seems to be um lucrative it's a currency on yes um so i would say maybe yes i i, I don't know I, i'd never had like a, a crazy amount of followers so i wouldn't know for sure <laughs> but i know that it, it's it's affected how i charge or which jobs i get mainly because of the numbers um but for me personally the numbers don't really matter like it's um just about expression at the end of the day i just want to express myself how i want to but at the same time i want to do something that's going to make me feel good like when i look at it like two weeks later and i look at it i'm like yeah nah this is this is cool because i was trying to say something or i was trying to do something like this and i know that like at the end of the day there's like some kid who's like also trying to be a creative or photographer or whatever who's looking and is like oh flip i've never seen something done like that before you know and that's just um catapulting like someone's creativity i think the fact that someone that looks like them can be successful in a space where everyone is doing something which you know every everyone can be doing something that may seemingly be the same but you can also be unique and exist you know you don't have to be afraid to do other things that you know interest you it doesn't have to be the same thing um and that's just just how i see the world i think so so let me ask you this and with that said what does the african creative landscape look like for you because you know you mentioned that yeah. you know through social media we're able to get into brands mm. and also with the fact that you know the access to certain things like the internet cameras yeah. um people with different types of skills are already available at us mm. what does the landscape look like in your eyes the creative circle it's really difficult for me to say um because i i can't because for the past year and a half i've been like solely just existing in my own space um i haven't really been involved in that sense like you know i'm i'm there with the guys or you know we're having conversations about how the industry works and yeah. and all that so i'm i'm only speaking from my own experience but we're seeing things like burner boy on gq being shot by an african photographer that's you know? major that's huge yeah that's huge and if you see how those images look it's not your if a european photographer shot it it was probably going to be like nice high end editorial look but if you look at those images for 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 what uh the photographer did there is amazing i think his name is um is it Lawrence from mistake uh, I'm not actually, sure I don't know him yeah I think it's Lawrence I I know he's Ghanaian though I know he's a Ghanaian photographer but his work is just so potent and it's so unique that like for me stuff like that is is inspiring you know to see photographers like that do it like that you know being un- unapologetic about hey man this is how I see colors this is how I want to do things and this is how you know 
I want the product to look like at the end of the day and and they they do it very well um yeah Joshua Kissy as well is a very good example of that he's amazing insane like yeah. you know so I think there's space for it but like we need to also realize how we need to realize that it's not just going to be you doing it that's going to be enough like I mean that's not going to be enough you know um, a narrative is always important and it doesn't matter what narrative it, it, it can be anything you know it doesn't have to be a deep thing like oh I want to change African no it doesn't have to be like that it could just be you personally trying to just personally trying to tell stories about your neighborhood or how certain things make you feel or like oh no I just want to take photos of this and as long as it has your own unique touch to it and it's and it's honest because the honesty in the work is what's gonna take you far at the end of the day it's not just gonna be you replicating whatever you see that's cool but like how long can you do that like and how much can you do that because there's other kids that are also doing that as well so it's the honesty in what you do that's gonna take you far and i think those guys have been honest from the get-go yeah that's why they've been able to shoot work that dope like even the nike um campaign like you've never seen anything like that with joshua yeah with josh yeah. like you know you'd ne- like I've, I've never seen anything that big yeah th- like shot like that before and like that's the work that i aspire to like do as well one day do, uh, do you think it's a time that it's now africa's time if you want to call it where a lot of brands are looking at yeah. african creators because again as we say the european standard you know we were all used to it as yeah. kids we grew up yeah, looking grew at up, magazines yeah, yeah, yeah. you know we've been yeah. used to this style but now mm. when you Put a Joshua Akisi in a situation, mm. and put a John Baloy in, mm. in, in a situation. You know, the, the, the whole thing is different. Me <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think you know the African continent on its own uh, is getting attention from other brands? Yeah, and, and I mean, and rightfully so, like because I feel like we've we've been having the you know, um, we've been having the sauce like for a long time. Like we've we've had it. Like we've had it, and and. The reason why, like, not, like I said, now they're buying into it because they can't find it anywhere else. They can't replicate it. They can't replicate what we do, how, what we see, and you know, how we do it, you know? And so it is, yeah, it's our time for sure, you know? But we also have to be careful um, with how we handle our expression because, you know, history and stuff, you know, how yeah. things have, have gone before. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and also we've, we've given the world a lot. So it's time to, like, sort of like take it back a little bit you know um really own our stuff you know and so yeah i I think it's our time and everything but we also need to be careful on how we you know interact with people who are interested in what we have as well it's so very true we need to own everything the platforms we are on you know in in the long run and the the content that we create in the long run i think yeah a lot of us are just creating, 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 whether mm. it's for brand or whatever it may mm. be, and we, you know, we don't bring it back home. Mm. Longevity is what's going to save yeah, us. Yeah, we need to, yeah. Like, I'm in it for like the long run. Like, I, I wanna be able to do this. And, and, and that's the thing, if you think about it, like, I could still be doing this at 80, and it won't be weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I could still be like 60, <laughs> and I could still be like, oh, there's that old man who's just taking portraits of people in yeah. a certain way, and like, you know? Yeah. And it still makes sense. Um, so like just think about what you do like can is what you do even though it can be relevant for the time um, but is it something that is, is gonna last 
for as long as you live like you know because mm. you can't be running around like forever <laughs> like, <laughs> so so that, yeah that's what i thought like when i when i was doing this i, I was just like Ish, but like i don't want to be shooting at events at like 30 35 and yeah. i'm still like trying to shoot events yeah. shoot young kids at even nah bruh like you know you have to you have to think bigger yeah. than just what's cool right now yeah. and what's happening right now. Yeah, and just improving yourself as a creator. There's so many other skill sets that you can get. That, oh yeah. You know, you don't have to rely on just being a photographer or whatever. Yeah, and I think a lot of us are you know are talented in many other things. For sure. I think for, for me, sure. I know when I picked up a camera, it was because I just didn't see pictures of my childhood. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have pictures of myself as a child, so I thought, you That's know, there's, there's children at home, so I'm going to pick up a camera, yeah. and then it became a business. Yeah. But at the same time, I think a lot of us are not are not conscious of you know yeah, of, of how far we can like stretch it, stretch this whole yeah, thing. And I think yeah. there the, there is a huge huge gap that we you know we, we can fill yeah. in this space here. So I'm very grateful for you for being here. No. Um, can you tell me who are you currently watching right now in the visual space? Just you, you've got you've got an eye on. Uh, you don't really have to mention names, but it um, would be great for others to see <laughs> also. <laughs> Okay, uh, from a visual space, um, hmm, it's a difficult one. Um, I probably have to like, check on my gram because um, everybody's kind of like on the internet. Um, but I'm looking at, um, well, I, I recently collaborated with uh, Zana um, Sombuka, I think, if I'm saying her surname right. Um, I think she's really dope. Um, she's also like a visual artist. Um, but also has like a very unique voice in, in, in the sense of, well, she documents like Ndebele culture, but like in a very unique new age way, which is like, I've been very privileged to like shoot some stuff with her. Um, also looking at uh, the Andiles, Andile Wukas, just also just looking at how these guys have been able to transition their careers into like going overseas and doing stuff overseas. You know, there's so much also value in that. Like Anthony Bila also, his career has been insane. And like, I don't know if these guys like always get like their, you know, their due or whatever, but like <laughs> hopefully. Um, and Homoza Neto as well is one of those guys that like, like you can't not have a conversation about South African like the South African photography landscape without Khumuzaneto. And like, if you look at his work for the past two years, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but yeah. it's a lot of good work. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm ashamed to say this. I recently bumped into him. Yeah. I mean, I wanna probably want to say like, um, you know, end of last year, yeah. sort of yeah. sort of time where I really got into him. In, and into wow. him, yeah. Nah, he's, he's, he's one of those and amazing Andy guys. Le, and and Andy Andy Le Le too, as yeah. well, man. Like, and also for the fact that he's been shooting film. Like, yeah. he's one of the guys that inspired me to shoot film as well because I saw his stuff and I was just like, how... Do the, like how do these guys do this like and you know and it made me interested into like knowing um but yeah i think a lot of the local guys as well um i mean we've mentioned i think we were having a conversation about cedric as well he's also been very important in the in the in the culture yeah um the austins obviously and i think people do different we're all in different sectors but as a people or as black creatives we kind of doing well and and i think that's cool um even though i might not be into what 
um, the other guys are doing like maybe i'm not into advertising photography or whatever but like they're also breaking their own you know they're breaking down their own doors in that space yeah and it's helpful for everyone else who's following under them so so yeah i, I look out for stuff like that like where, where i see like you know black creatives pushing the envelope all the time and and it's it's really it's really cool so locally yeah i'd say like everybody who's like really doing good work is yeah it seems like your your taste and your lean towards artists yeah. is obviously black people why why the um, you know i think on your social media looking at it too you push quite a lot of yeah. black oriented content yeah. uh, along along with black creatives yeah. is there a certain reason why you do that and uh, there's a uh, there's a certain obsession you have with africa if you if, if i may call it that i mean you know the thing is about um about about being african and especially being african at this time we must understand that we control our own narrative right for the first like you know you know we have that power to control our own narrative and what we want the world to see so i've always been um conscious of that and i always try to make sure that whatever whatever i do is a reflection of people that look like me um where they're from even though i might not understand like and that and that's also another thing um about my my background is that i've always been open to people from from different cultures mainly because i moved around a lot um so when i was in soweto like uh, I was in a predominantly Zulu speaking area, moved to the Val that was a Sotho speaking area, but I was still going to a Zulu school. So like now I was like interacting with different people from time to time. Like would travel to like uh, Pretoria, and also now you're meeting. Now you know you get to know that Setswana, Sesotho, and Sibedi are three different cultures. <laughs> kind of sound the same, yeah. like langu- language wise, but they're different cultures, you know. And things like that for me is o- have always been fascinating, and. Um, <laughs> she's excited about the food yeah I, I don't know whatever they're having it might be good but um but yeah things like that for me have always just been um exciting and 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 and, and cool to like find out you know like how no these guys do things this way or you know it makes you more understand like understanding and and compassionate about the next guy if you know how they are culturally you know and i don't think there's enough of that like i'm not a lot a lot of us are trying to understand each other it's like if you find out this guy's from wherever you know you already have like your ah, misconceptions yeah because these guys are like this or like zulu people are like this or like kosa people are like this or tonga people are like this you know and it's like maybe they are maybe maybe they are if if they are try find out why you yeah know? and then maybe that'll change your perspective on other things so so we, work is a reflection of that so we can explore more into african cultures really. for sure there's this and i think personally there's a huge space yeah that's that's open and you guys are feeling that quite a lot yeah. you know centering the the content and the conversations around yeah around africa uh, and yeah. around africa and look yeah. again as you said you know we we got the sauce it's of course, simple. of course, it's that, it's of that course, and, and we're so layered. Like every single culture is so layered, and there's so much to learn. And if it, you just need to be open, like you just need to be open to it, like open to like trying to know the next person, and you'll see how much it like affects what you do or how you see people. But more especially, like what you do, because for me, it's changed my work completely. 
because I, I don't approach the same. I mean, I don't pre- approach things like um, from an out- outsider's perspective, but I fully dive in and like, you know, become part of the whole experience. And that way, like it makes the work come out more organic and more authentic as well. So, yeah. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. <laughs> I'm actually enjoying this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've it's been dope. recording for 47 minutes. That's crazy. So thank you for yeah, coming through, uh, John. And just <laughs> no. really, uh, can I call you John? What yeah. can I call you Jay? Like, what, call what? me Jay. Yeah, Jay. I know. I know my Instagram handle changed. Um, those artist things. Hey, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't go by that. That was, I'm like, that was my DJ name back in high school when I used to DJ. What Jay? Jay Taja. Yeah, that was like the. I ran with it for a while, and then. I wasn't cool anymore, so I changed. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're definitely going to have a conversation about this one. Yeah. You know, as I, as I said, thank you so much for coming through and just nah, man, letting pleasure. me into your life, letting to letting me into what you do, and and getting the audience, you know, to understand you a little bit better. Yeah, I, I hope I was just because um, I know I like I ramble a lot. I just hope I was understandable for for the time being. <laughs> no, I think you definitely were. So, sure. how can we get a hold of you from your social media handles, website portfolios, sure. and contact information? Um, all right. So on Instagram is John Baloi, Twitter John Baloi. Um, on my website, I actually use my Visco. So if you go onto um, it's John is Visco.co slash John Baloi, and you'll find all my work there. Uh, and then uh, yeah, email as well. It's info dot at gmail.com. So yeah. Thank you very much. Sweet. Over and out. Goodbye. Sure.